Hi, I'm Alana Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Billy Joel A to Z, the exciting G's wrap up. Yes, the letter G, brought to you by the letter G. As we wrap up every letter, five big songs. And when I say big, there's one really big song, and then there's others. So another G's wrap up, and then of course we always say to ourselves when we're doing this, why are we doing this? But then we realize the reason we do it is because we. I uh, can talk about the songs over again as a whole, and then we can talk about our guests and, you know, stuff like, oh, that was interesting, that kind of stuff, and then we can listen to what you have to say. So it is a good thing. It just seems weird. <laughs> We're like, it's the G's wrap-up, everybody. It's going to be awesome. Well, at least we have five songs this time. That's a pretty good number. I feel like the last couple of letters we've had, like, two, three. Right. Well, I was just thinking about it, and I was going to tell everybody on the show, like, what are we doing for K? It's just keeping the faith, and that's it. So why would you do a wrap-up? But we have to because of what we just said. You know, that's why we need – I think we need a good guest for the K so we can basically just concentrate. I was saying that's the day we should get Liberty DeVito, except if we get him for the Ks, that's ridiculous. We need him for the Ls. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's name has to be whatever letter they're – So what are we going to do? we got to get a good guest for the Ks. We'll get Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> we had a really good guest for the Gs. We'll talk about him in a second. But right now, let's concentrate on the five songs that we spoke about over the, G- over the period of time that we were doing all of the Gs. Yeah, should we talk about our personal rankings? Yeah, why don't we just go right into it? Why don't we just uh, fire away on the personal rankings? Do you want to go first or should I? I'll go first this time. All right, can My I number guess one what song. Your number one is? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's getting closer. No. <laughs> Get It Right the First Time was my number one song. Then, this I flip-flopped on this right before we started recording. I'm putting Got to Begin Again at number two. Then Goodnight Saigon. You're looking at me. I'm not making an expression yet. I know. I know you're gonna. You're hating on me already. Okay, so Get It Right the First Time, Got to Begin Again, Goodnight Saigon, Great Ships and Great Oceans, and then Getting Closer. Mine was exactly the same, except I have Getting Closer before Great Ships and Great Oceans. Oh, okay. That's the only one if I absolutely... Get it right the first time. The, yeah, Good Night Saga was not number two in any way. Got to begin again, which is not my favorite song from Cold Spring Harbor of the three that I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess I like it better than Good Night Saigon, even though we, after recording Good Night Saigon, we definitely had a renewed interest in Good Night Saigon. But yeah, and getting closer, which again, getting a renewed interest from listening to it. But yeah, it's on the bottom. Yeah, I mean, for me, Great Ships and Great Oceans, I've actually started liking it more since we recorded that episode. It does have its flaws, but it's something so unique, so different than a lot of his other songs that it's, uh, it feels very mystical to me and very haunting. Yeah, and it's true. And I guess I was having in between getting closer in Great Ships and Great Oceans, and I just felt silly putting an unreleased track, I guess, before, you know, a, a final one with Stevie Winwood and all that stuff. I think I just felt awkward about the placement. Yeah, that's understandable. It's like the pressure when we're doing like a big hit song. We're like, we can't put that low. It's a big hit. You know, what's weird is that I was lis- listening back to the Goodnight Saigon podcast, and it's so strange because we're talking about Norm MacDonald in the Goodnight Saigon podcast episode. I know. Gosh. And then... It's so weird. <laughs> 
So sad. And so, yeah, so of all, of all songs, the only one he had any connection to that we know of. Yeah, what are the odds you're going to mention Norm MacDonald on a Billy Joel podcast at any time? And then all of a sudden, just, uh, you know, we're talking about him like a you know, week before he uh, passed away. It's so weird. So weird. I guess we're not going to get him for our guest in the ends. I guess not. But I did hear some people, somebody said, I guess maybe in our Instagram feed, I can't remember where I saw it, maybe in Twitter. Somebody mentioned that people were pissed because we were wondering about them doing Goodnight Saigon as kind of a joke on SNL. But the question is, were... Who was pissed? Billy Joel fans or veterans? <laughs> I can't figure out who was pissed. Probably not veterans. I feel like it's one of those things where people get offended for another group. Like someone also think, oh my God, this must be so disrespectful to veterans. But I bet veterans who are watching that were probably like, this is awesome. I hope so. Again, you know, I was like, I was surprised they were doing it as kind of a joke. And then we were talking about it on the episode where I did that as a joke too. But again... It's a joke, and it's not a joke. It's a camaraderie song, and even though we, that, that particular song is about Vietnam, you can look at it in different ways as just a camaraderie song, so that's the way I look at it. I mean, I, I, I felt it was a little disrespectful at first, too, but then when I see it, it's kind of funny, I guess, or whatever it is. Well, I think it becomes less disrespectful because of the final punchline in the sketch, where it turns out he wasn't even in the war. He was just some guy who visited Vietnam. Right, he lost his luggage there. <laughs> yeah, so then it's just like, okay, this whole thing that this guy's doing, singing the song, he's just a crazy guy. He's not. We're not saying he's a crazy veteran or anything like that. Well, it's also a gutsy, it was a risk, too, and that's what you like about Saturday Night Live, and if this guy's leaving the show for good, it's an interesting send-off that you could comment about it for the rest of your life. Yeah, 15 years later on a Billy Joel podcast. But I can't stop going like this. na 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 Na, 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 na. When you came out, I was like, la, 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 <laughs> la. And then get, wait for it. La, 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 la. And I've been playing a lot of air pan flute. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still weighing on Get It Right the first time. I told you I put it on the Spotify Hidden Gems playlist. Uh, it, it totally goes right in. Very happy about it. Do you think Got to Begin Again has a chance at the playlist no, or not, not quite good least. enough? Absolutely not. I've been having that in my head, that last, that high note that he hits at the end of that song when he's like, <laughs> it's like, I feel like that's the best vocal he ever did on anything is that one little moment. What about from uh, Still Rock and Roll with Me? <laughs> I don't know. There's something so subtle and soft about the way he does it in that one song. I'm waiting for it. Still rock and roll. I got to wait for the eyes. It's going to be it's like not too far off. Oh, so far. That's two <laughs> letters. It's literally it's like four songs away. <laughs> it seems far. And let's talk about Gary Goldman because Gary Goldman is so good. I hope everybody really enjoyed him. It was so he was saying a bunch of stuff that was interesting. Like first of all, of course, he said he didn't get to the deeper cuts until while he was in college. You know, and then his friend made him a mixtape. And it's so funny. That's exactly what happened to me, even though our uh, couple years age difference might make a thing. But that happened to me. I'm all in on the, you know, even though I keep thinking of my trajectory of Billy Joel, I definitely had only the good die young when it came out on a 45, listened to it over and over again, really loud, pretended I wrote it. And it was my song that I was <laughs> singing in front of an audience, you know, pulling the risky business shit, you know, then 
I don't remember hearing anything. Well, I remember Glass Houses, I guess. But I, but I don't remember enjoying any of the songs as much as that one. And then when the Nylon Curtain, when Allentown Pressure came out, I was all in on Billy Joel, and then I went backwards. I think that's when it happens. When you're in college, you go backwards. So that's why I was glad that happened to Gary, too. But with you, since you just kind of came on board after he kind of finished, I'm not sure how it works. Yeah, for me, I remember... Um, my parents had the Greatest Hits Volume 1 cassette tape, so once in a while they would play it in the car, and I would always hope that they would play it, because otherwise they would play some other crap that I didn't like as much, but my favorite was always when they would play Billy Joel, so I knew the songs on Greatest Hits Volume 1, and then just over time, just started getting into more of the deeper stuff. Uh, my parents never played anything ever contemporary, whether it be in the car or at the house, ever, so I had no upbringing where I learned anything except my dad only played show tunes in the house and when we were driving in the car he would only play the news <laughs> it was awful oh yeah same for me my dad really liked show tunes so usually the car listening would be like the fiddler on the roof soundtrack yeah but then once in a while it would be billy joel that was the only contemporary tape that would ever no, get played. i don't think he ever knew who billy joel was or even cared and it was well your dad's much older than my dad so it makes sense i yeah, I, I, I suppose so, um, I guess, at the time. But, you know, you could still appreciate music. <laughs> you know, you could have played the Beatles. Never did. Yeah. But I, I think that would be so much fun. You know, I hated Greatest Hits 1 and 2 because, for me, it was just dull. I've already heard the songs before. It wasn't new, except for the two new songs, which I can't wait to get to because I loved them. Uh, the, one of my favorite songs is that uh, You're Only Human. Well, that's going to be a long way away. I know. But I love it. <laughs> And uh, what was the other one from the Greatest Hits 1 and 2? I don't know. Offhand, I can't even think. Well, The Night is Still Young. Is that the one? Well, The Night is Still Young. Keep making love to you. Well, The Night is Still Young. I don't know. Those were really good. It's (laughs) funny. You know, people used to have some of their best songs on the Greatest Hits album. I know Hall & Oates did it, too. Yeah, Tom Petty put a couple new songs on his. Yeah, it was funny how good they were. Or what's a great... Oh, The Cars, too. Uh, Tonight She Comes, one of my favorite songs off a Greatest Hits album. It's... They used to do that back then. But, of course, there is just no rock and roll anymore, so I don't know how it's done. But, yeah, I like that. And also, he was talking about, I did, now, he, you know, tomorrow is today. And he was talking about that it's a suicide song, a suicide note. I've never heard the song in my life. And now I can't listen to it, and i got to wait all this time to hear it because I don't want to spoil it. I will yeah. not. I am being that strict with myself because this is so much fun this way. But now I'm tortured because I don't know the song in any way. And now when he was talking about it, I was like, but I, I, I don't want to play it. It'll, it'll ruin it for the show. Yeah, what a tease. But I thought it was really interesting the way he said it was kind of like Groundhog Day. And I never really thought of the song in that way. But um, well, that's why we'll talk about me. it in the yeah. tease. Well, I, well, maybe we won't remember that when I get there. Hopefully. Yeah, it's funny. He's like, this song, which you can't hear for several months, is just like <laughs> one of your favorite movies. But let me tell you something about uh, Norm MacDonald and Gary Goldman together is that since Norm MacDonald has died, a lot of people are now listening to this classic bit that he did on the Conan show. They were talking about the moth story. Have you heard that? Of course. Well, I never had. So I listened to it the other day because now that he's passed, everybody's talking about it. And I'm like, wow, that completely delivered. I get it now why people are saying it because I, I don't know what to expect. And it's so ridiculous and stupid, but it, it explains his personality to a T and, and his yeah. comedy, right? So what I'm saying about Gary Goleman, he has this unbelievable bit, if you want to go deeper into his 
uh, comedy world because I think he could be just as good as Norm or somebody like you know this years from now. He has this unbelievable bit about how they named, how they abbreviated the fifty states. I don't think we talked about it on the. No, we didn't. I wish we did. Um, it's such a classic, and and Gary Goleman is known for this. If people go and like just go on YouTube, listen to most of his late night sets are usually like one bit. It, usually yeah, people it, have like amazing. many different jokes in five minutes. Yeah. Gary Goleman will do like one long joke, but they have so many sections and diversions in it. And so this state abbreviation joke about how the people decided how to abbreviate every state to two letters, it goes off on all these crazy tangents and then wraps it back up with the state abbreviation thing. Yeah. So you think it's like a five minute joke about states, but really it's like maybe one and a half minutes about states. And then there's like seven other little jokes here and there, which I think is kind of like how Billy Joel is inspired on some of his songs. You know how he always says that he was inspired like for scenes from an Italian restaurant by A Day in the Life. We know every song was inspired by A Day in the Life, but go on. <laughs> right. So A Day in the Life being a song which took like a beginning and an end part from John Lennon and then sandwiched in this other part from Paul McCartney and it just became this great cohesive piece made from other pieces. And that's kind of the way it looks like Gary Gullman forms a lot of his bits by saying, okay, what can I stick in here and what could I stick that's in true, there? That's true, but and that's the other thing. Do you, you guys don't understand how risky it is to do a one bit on television, you know, like you're doing a long seven minute joke. It's real gutsy, and that's what's good. But this state abbreviation thing is amazing, and I'll just give you a little uh, insight at why it's so funny right away. It's just like, well, they set up a meeting with all these people, you know, that's going to be like, all right, we have to abbreviate the states for the post office reasons, whatever it is. So uh, let's start it off. Alabama, AL, perfect. We're going to be out of here in 10 minutes. And then he's like, Alaska, damn it. so that's the way it starts and he goes through everything or whatever he needs to go through it's brilliant so you should look that up there's a really good clip from the booker for conan o'brien it's like his podcast where he will bring back on a guest who did a late night set and they talk about it so he had gary goleman on talking about that set and gary mentioned that there was a certain point in that bit where he could tell by the audience reaction that the rest of it was going to be home free it was like, if they've laughed at this particular punchline, I know they're on board for the rest of this super long bit. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so you know, Dave, how we had that thing we did for Get It Right the first time where we acted out how Billy Joel came up or was inspired with that song? Yes. So uh, we've actually uncovered another one for, uh, for one of the other songs in the G's. So uh, I'm going to be Phil Ramone and you be Billy Joel. Okay. Oh, bad, bad news, Billy. Uh, Liberty got sick. We have to cancel the whole Asian tour. So you could say sayonara, Tokyo. So long, Seoul. Good night, Saigon. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. What, what did you just say? So long, Seoul? No, no, no. After that. Good night, Saigon. Of course. It makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> uh, you know, the whole thing, it reminds me also of the Bugs Bunny bit. Uh, where he was telling his nephew how the world got started. And he's like, you know, I helped Betsy Ross do the flag or whatever. And uh, she's like, I'm trying to think of a flag for the States. And he slips on a rake. And then the stars are going circling over his head. And he goes, hey, Betsy, does this give you an idea? Yes, it does. A wonderful idea. <laughs> and then her flag is a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've been rewatching Mad Men, and it seems like every single episode is basically this exact thing happening, where like, man, what's the campaign? What's the slogan going to be for this product? And then all of a sudden, something happens, and Don Draper's like, aha! Yeah, exactly. I told you. They're all like that. You just don't notice it until we started talking about it. It's probably true that Billy Joel was inspired many times for, from moments just like this to write his songs. 
Let's talk about some of the comments we've gotten for the G songs. Excellent. It's my favorite part of the show. Yes, it is. It's always Go nice to the to hear. audience. Oh, this is always death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Krusty, we enjoy it. So uh, forget it right the first time. Everybody loved the song. We got a ton of comments. People, oh, I'm so glad. It's, it's a big crowd pleaser. Italian Stallion Al on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> which might be your alter ego. I don't know. He mentioned that another good La 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 song is. <laughs> yeah, Sly Stallone is a big, big fan of ours. Big fan, Billy Joel. Big fan. So, uh, Italian Stallion Al mentioned that l- another good La 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 song is Horse with No Name by America. I can't picture it, that's all. But I believe him. It I is. I can't picture it in my head. <laughs> that's the problem, you know? It's like, that's what we were talking about. Like, you know, Stand Back, the Stevie Nicks song, or whatever, you know, you just, or the Simple Minds. You just, you don't, you're not thinking of it. So I can't picture the la 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 of the horse with no name. There's just so many. I think every artist has at least one la 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 yeah. song. Uh, he also mentioned that Girl from Ipanema has a similar plot line to Get It Right the First Time. Ooh. Which I guess is just really liking some girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, do, so do many songs, Italian Stallion. How many, many songs. So we repeat that line in, in the Get It Right the First Time episode where you would say, Get It Right the First Time, and then I would have to complete the line. Right. That's the main thing. And uh, Matt the Great 546 said, This will make a good drinking game every time we do that line to drink. He said, Not as much as with Easy Money, where we could have <laughs> no. drank 30 times People because of the line. People will be we plastered going through the streets with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, Elon. <laughs> Let's not do it right now. Right, no, I'm not. So I stopped myself. Yeah, because it's it's too early in the day to get drunk right now. So on Getting Closer, obviously not a great song, but um, people did like the parody, Getting Wendy's. It was good. And then we played those clips, right? Oh, yeah, the Wendy songs are Those so were good. amazing. That was better than the entire show. Use the scoop to fill with ice. Never use the cup, take my advice. The soft drinks fill the ice halfway. No matter the size, that's what I say. Tilt the cup. I, I can't so believe good. you brought that to my attention. Make sure you use the large and tilt the cup, because that's the stuff. And <laughs> but that girl was so like, wait, that you want this white girl to rap this? It just seems so unnatural. It's so funny. I would love to see a podcast about what happened to the singers of all of those Wendy's songs. I would love to know that. I don't know whether it's podcast worthy, but it is documentary worthy. Yeah, full length. I want that on Netflix, front page, <laughs> number one trending on Netflix. I'll, the, score, the I'll call singers. Scorsese's company right after we finish. Hey, you're okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Gira Sola Sola Gira said that that parody is now in her top three. So Yeah, I would love I to see her full list. Smurfy Pyrex 98 said that the theory of the, the Nazis, Swiss banks connection that we were talking about, she really believes it because she's pointed out that Billy Joel has actually spoken about that story um, mm. on stage oh, at times. About his family's history with the she's Nazis. She's really nice. Yeah, she is. She was also very shocked that Notting Hill was one of your favorite movies. Yes, uh, she DM'd me about that. And I'm like, no, it's for real. I was just watching it the other day again. I can't get enough. I... I think it is one of the greatest written romantic comedies of all time. Uh, Richard Curtis, one of, he's one of my favorite writers from like the 80s, and he wrote this and Love Actually and stuff, but, but Notting Hill should be taught at a college on how to, if 
you know, if you're going to write a romantic comedy, but really it's it's a great film writing course because the supporting characters have such rich backgrounds, uh, which makes it different than most romantic comedies you've ever seen in your life, where, you know, the background supporting characters are always like the best friend is like, dude, you you, you got to get laid more, you know, like a, yeah. they're yeah. just there's not party flushed. friend and right, there's right. annoying and they're coworker. Out. Every character, Sarah Silverman used to be furious because that's the only role she was getting was the annoying girlfriend of the best friend who hated the guy, you know, like she was just always getting that role. Like in School then, of Rock. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so the, the, he flushes out these supporting characters to a level I had never seen before, let alone there's all these callbacks that are set up from the beginning, which are absolutely amazing. And of course, there is the run to the, quote, uh, metaphorical airport at the end. So you really have all the basics you need and let alone using julia roberts who at that time was the biggest star in the world was the only way you could make that movie the right way yeah it's kind of like being john malkovich it has to have john malkovich exactly yeah so yes that is my uh what that and clueless again because of the writing i had amy heckerling on my podcast and the you know i love the dialogue i'm very impressed yeah, I just like that Smurfy wrote to you in a DM, like, as if this was a cry for help. <laughs> Are you okay, Notting Hill? Really? This is your... It's all... Did you ever see it, Elon? I, I haven't seen it all in yeah, one then piece. Then why don't you I've shut seen... up? I'm not making fun of it. <laughs> I'm not saying Everybody anything else positive does. about Everybody it. Everybody but... makes fun. I mentioned <laughs> it on the Artie Lang show a long time ago, and uh, I got shit for that for years. <laughs> <laughs> so, in Getting Closer, we were talking about Steve Winwood playing the Hammond B3 organ, and yeah. Greg Baff86 pointed out that Greg Allman also plays the Hammond B3, but he has no idea what makes this organ special. Right. That's what I was bringing up. I'm like, that's all they ever talk about. It's Steve Winwood on the Hammond B3. And they're like, who cares? Why don't you just say it's Steve Winwood on the keyboards? Well, it's very obvious, though. It's like, it's clearly, because look, the B1 was shit. The B2 was okay, but the B3, that sort of thing. It's just funny. I've been seeing that all the time. I remember every, every when this album came out, they're like, and it's Steve Winwood on the Hammond B3. And I'm like, why is this necessary? I feel like the Hammond people were like, you better mention. Like, we'll give you a free organ, but you have yeah, to Yeah, it sounds like they were up to no good. Yeah, it's probably like actually the worst organ. Um, and one more comment we could talk about on Got to Begin Again. Marcy Smurf, again, mentioned that she loved your Carpenter's Connection. And oh, I'm so glad. And made her laugh very hard. I'm so glad because I can't hear the song without going to close to you at this point. I can't. It just, it was happening when I was listening to the song before I even put it together. It's, it's just the same with Blonde Over Blue again. I'll never be able to hear it without it going to Uptown Girl once he changes that chord. Yeah, it's so funny um, because it fits so perfectly and it also just ruins the song so much. Yep. It ruined the song for everybody. I, <laughs> I apologize, but I couldn't get it out of my head and I had to share it, and even though it ruined it. And then it turned out that... We found out this big Karen Carpenter connection, and it was kind of cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't believe they were making Glass Houses and the Karen Carpenter solo album at the same time. This film was all right. So much range. Yeah, it's very diverse. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I, um, I wonder if Billy Joe was just like, you know, I don't appreciate you guys leaving here and going to do the Karen Carpenter thing. Like, I wonder if he was jealous. I'm like, oh, I guess you're going to work on Karen's album now. Yeah, like he after was like, they finish with him during the day, they work on her album at night. You know, like kind of like moonlighting. Right. Oh, are you tired from working on the Karen Carpenter album, Jerk Offs? 
He's like, I thought maybe we could all go over to the Supreme Macaroni Company for some dinner. We had a nice long session, and they're all like, oh, actually, uh, we're, uh, Yeah, dude, we'd love to, but we're working with Karen tonight. Shut up. Don't mention it. What? He already knows. Wouldn't it be funny if just Billy Joe was such an asshole? He's like, fine, go ahead. And then he would just uh, there's a shot of him eating at the Supreme Macaroni Company by himself. Yeah, and he's like <laughs> looking through the window and somehow can see them in the studio across the street. <laughs> Just spaghetti pouring down his chin. <laughs> we should film that anyway, but it's only funny for 10 people, so it's not <laughs> worth it. Worth it. Well, folks, that was the G-Song wrap-up. Looking forward to the H's. We've got only three songs, but it's a good mix. We have two songs from 52nd Street, a hit ballad, Honesty. Oh, I sang that one. Yeah, we're going to hear about that. And then we've got a fun up-tempo song, Half a Mile Away. Never heard of it. <laughs> it's a good one. You're going to like it. We'll see. It's a little disco-y. And uh, then, as always, there's always that odd rarity. Every letter's got to have one of these songs. And in this case, we have the B-side to We Didn't Start the Fire, House of Blue Light. Never heard of it. So that'll probably be a weird one. You know what? I don't even want to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> Billy Joel just right. Only hits within a certain letter. He's always got to throw in one of these. When things. are we getting to We Didn't Start the Fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just throws in songs like this just to delay us. And then, of course, we always have our interview. We're going to talk to Stacy Lender, who used to be a roadie for Billy Joel, and her daughter, Avery, who's a young comic in New York City. Yeah, yeah we met her and she said, my mother used to be a roadie. I'm like, what time should we be on the show? You know, We wanted this. Yeah, yeah. We want to hear those cool roadie stories. I hope it's cool. It's Billy Joel how cool a roadie story is. Right. It's not going to exactly be Motley Crue. Well, but. he made me make him a couple of muffins, and then... I, you know. <laughs> he said the blueberry was too hot, and he threw it in my face. <laughs> right. That's what we're hoping for. We'll see. Christy Brinkley thought we were having an affair, and she slapped me. Uh, I hope that's the case. Imagine she broke up their marriage. Back Coming up in the ages. <laughs> so there's a lot to look forward to. And as always, please follow us on social media. Keep the comments coming. We love to hear them. And tell your friends to listen to the podcast. Until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Billy Joel A to Z.